This is the ATM at the Minute podcast, episode number 140. I am joined, as always, by Peter Mitchell here, and today we have got a nice little variety show for you. We've got the classic college football top 10, going to go through my rankings, going to do a little guesstimating projections on what we think the committee will have. Then we're going to touch on the NFL by trying to rank our MVP candidates, which is going to be really hard. It's going to be tough. Disastrous last week. And then we're going to finish with a little college hoops. Tomorrow is the big night champions classic. Peter's got all kinds of good stuff for us on that. So let's get to it, Peter. Rock chalk. All right, we thought Michigan State at number three may have been a bit of a stretch, Jackson. They go down to Purdue this week. The the world beaters, death taxes, unranked Purdue, beating top 10 teams. Where do yeah. you want to start this week with well, your college we, football top 10? Do Georgia and Bama at sit at the top? No. I cannot put Bama at number two after last week. I still won't do it. I know I had Michigan State there the week before, and this is going to sound so ridiculous and so unlike me, but I got OU at two. I don't know who else deserves to be there because Bama clearly doesn't. They should have lost that LSU game. LSU had plenty of chances, and it came down to the wire, and they're no good. I get it's a rivalry game, however you want to frame it, but I cannot put a one-loss Bama team that should have just lost to LSU at number two. I can't do it. So I got number oh. one, Georgia, number two, OU, number three, Bama. We gloss over Georgia. They beat Mizzou 43 to six. Not much to dive into. No. You put OU off a of bye week with zero wins over ranked opponents at number two. Who else would you have there? Honestly, I would put one loss Ohio State up there. I would put one loss Bama Ohio up there. Ohio State, really? I would. I I think they're turning it on. I think they're legit right now. And I would probably have Cincinnati ahead of OU still just because they have a better win. And that has not changed since we spoke about it last week. I was not impressed at all by Ohio State or Cincinnati this last week. I expected Nebraska Nebraska to play tough. tough. I know. But still, Ohio State didn't look good, man. I wasn't impressed. Nebraska had their chances, and I know the scoreboard says 26-17, but it felt a lot closer than that. Okay, so you got OU2. They play Baylor this weekend, who we thought was turning it on at the right time, but they yeah. then they lose inexplicably to a 3-5 and five TCU team. TCU did make a QB change recently, and that seems like it might have turned the tide for them. Makes me a tiny bit nervous. nervous about Oklahoma State playing them this weekend. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but... I think our defense is fine. We're not going to let him go for 500 freaking yards like Baylor did. And really, this Baylor loss sucks for OSU and it sucks for OU because going into this game, if OU goes and even just handles business, doesn't even have to whoop them, they can at least say, hey, we got that marquee victory. Baylor probably would have been around number 10 in the playoff rankings, 10 or 11. Now they're probably going to be like 20 or 22. At the very least, it should be a top 25 win for OU if they can get it done, but definitely hurts their resume a little bit. Great point there. Who do you have at three? At three, I do have Bama, and then four, I've got Cincy, but Cincinnati is fraudulent, man. They should have lost to TU. They did everything in their power to give that game away, and I don't know if you saw that Desmond Ritter fumble, but that was just... Yeah, that Rule was number bad. one of what you can't do at the end of a game. He was trying to fall forward with it before getting possession of it. Yeah, bad look. TU, their quarterback, falls down. He slides at the one yard line bad. before the end zone. He he didn't want to John Elway it clearly very soft from him. Then they then they get stuffed on fourth down. Cincinnati wins. Fumble on the goal line, reaching right. over for and, it. It was oh, a disaster. Dude, I thought it may have been a touchdown. There was the pylon angle, 
and they showed that angle twice, but both times they never slowed it down. And then they showed the sideways angle and slowed it down from that view. And I'm like, what are we doing here? There was only one angle that was any good. It was so tough to tell. I don't think there was anything that was going to be able to overturn it because it was one of those like, when is the ball coming out of his hand? When is it actually loose? Hard to determine. I thought they might. I still think they may have screwed it up. My grandma's with you. She's adamant that they got absolutely hosed in this game. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, okay, so Bama, let's touch on them a little bit more. Yeah. You're concerned. LSU comes concerned. in there, gives them a good game. They're Florida hung tough with them too. I mean, some of these middle-of-the-pack SEC teams that don't really scare you, that Bama should throttle, that Georgia has throttled, they shouldn't be hanging tough with you, able to beat you. If you're that good and you want to justify being the number two team and having a loss, you got to thump teams like LSU. You need those 48-10 to victories in games like this. All right. And so Cincinnati, three straight weeks, they let bad teams hang in. Tulane, Navy, Now Tulsa, our hometown squad, you still put them at four ahead of Ohio State. Why is that? Because Ohio State didn't impress me this last week either. Even though you expected Nebraska to give them a good game. I mean, yeah, but that was kind of just a weird gut thing. I think if you have TU and Nebraska play each other, it's probably a pretty damn good game. (laughs) Okay, well, they they both gave Ohio State a good game. I just think Ohio State has like three, four game breakers on offense and they make plays when they need to and they have consistently all year long. That's why I like them. They have the you, talent. They have the talent for damn sure. They just got to put it together and really show me they are legit. And I think we're going to find out more as they get into the back end of this schedule that's a little bit tougher. Do you have them at five? I do have them at five. Okay. Who you got at six? At number six, I've got Michigan. And let me just say, two to eight, it's pretty freaking wide open, if you ask me. I feel like you could make arguments for just about anyone, but I think Michigan's got to stay at six after handling Indiana, and I know their resume took a little bit of a hit with that Michigan State loss, but this is still a team that has been dominant, and the only loss was in an incredibly close game to a rival that's still going to be ranked in the top 10. So I think they deserve to stay here in the top 10. I like them at six. I think the committee will have them six or seven, maybe eight. I got no gripe with that. They do go to Happy Valley this weekend. That will be a good test. They're underdogs. Really? How much? They're a one-point dog on the road. Okay. Who do you got at seven? At number seven, I've got Oregon. And I still just don't think this Oregon team is very good. They're on the road at Washington this last weekend. And I know the scoreboard makes it look like Oregon might have controlled the game. It wasn't that close. But make no mistake about it, Washington was in that game all the way up until the end and had a lot of chances to potentially take the lead or make it really freaking nerve-wracking for Oregon fans. And they just couldn't do it. But they're not that good of a team. I mean, they got four wins. Yeah, I'm with you on Oregon. I really think you're right on this spot, putting them at seven, not in the top four. I'm sure they're going to move up to three this week and piss everybody off. Crazy. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Back to Ohio State really quick. They got Purdue this weekend. It is at home, but do you think there's any chance the Purdue magic lives on? I don't think so. I think the Purdue magic only happens in West Lafayette. That's where they beat Ohio State a few years back with Rondale Moore. Ohio State's a 20-point favorite. Now, I think that's a reach, but I think they win this game. Okay, just checking. At number eight, I got Michigan State. Obviously, just talked about them going down the loss to Purdue. It's tough, but at the same time, they got to stay here in the top 10 because they did beat Michigan and that's still a quality top 10 victory. So, yeah. Got it. Got to keep them in the top 10 here. They and never then, really were in that game though. They got it back to one score late and then Purdue kind of shut the door on them. Yeah, I mean, early third quarter they got it back to one score. 
might have even tied it up momentarily. Could be wrong on that, but I remember sitting there thinking, all right, they've woken up. Now they're going to put the foot on the gas and we're going to see Walker have five touchdowns in the second half and they win by 24 or something. And it just wasn't the case. Just never had strong. Nope. Number nine, I got my pokes coming off. Maybe our most impressive victory of the season. I don't know if you got to check the box score. West Virginia had under 150 total yards. You know, you want to know something, Jackson? What? Giving up 133 total yards to West Virginia is a lot more impressive than zero first downs to Kansas in a half. <laughs> okay. Nonetheless, it's all impressive, though, right? Yeah, least. Uh, least yards allowed since 1999 for the Cowboys. They're number three in total defense behind Georgia and Wisconsin. Will the haters speak on that? Do you think we could be any higher than nine in the playoff poll? I think that's probably best case scenario. I don't think we're going to jump Notre Dame, even though I've got them 10. I've got us nine. I think we're through and through the better team with a better resume. But clearly the committee is giving the Big 12 no credit, right? Yeah, Wake Wake was nine. They have zero defense, lose 55-58 to UNC. You're definitely jumping them. I will say that. For sure. And I think there's a small chance we jump Michigan State, but that's just tough with Michigan and Ohio State still being in the top 10. I think they got to kind of keep the whole conference as strong type of vibe together, keep them all up above Michigan, all the Big 12 teams. Michigan State's win is... It does more for the resume than OSU's one loss against Iowa State, for sure. Yeah, I hope the pokes are at nine, though. I'd be thrilled if we were at seven or eight. We'll see. At the end of the day, I still think if we win out and we continue to win in the fashion that we have, smacking the inferior teams, I think we still got a shot. Got to have some good stuff happen. Need those big 10 teams to beat each other up and then need Georgia to just beat the brakes off Bama in the SEC championship. But we shall see. And the Notre Dame at 10, I'm still not sold on them, man. I, I'm really not. I want to see them beat a good team before I buy into anything. Yeah, I'm with you. Wisconsin's been playing a little better as of late. Maybe you give Notre Dame some credit for that one, but I mean, they have one fringe top 25 victory, and the one real good team they saw in Cincy couldn't really hang with. Yeah, 100%. Okay, there's the top 10. I think it's pretty good for the most part. Let's run through where we think the committee will differ. They're going to be Georgia 1, Bama 2. Yes, obviously they're at 3, most likely Oregon. Yeah, four. Ohio State, got to be right. Yeah, it's got to be. You, get, you put the big name program in there, it sells 100%. So then what happens at five here? This is where I think it could kind of start to open up. Surely they can't jump Cincy after the terrible performance, even though Michigan State lost, right? Oh, you jump Cincy? I'm saying Cincy jump up to number five from six. I, I know they're probably going to go over Michigan State here, but... I don't know, man. I I don't think they're going to be at five tomorrow. I think they probably stay at six. Hmm. So you. But then again, I don't think OU will jump them, and I don't know who else would be there unless it's Michigan. Michigan jumps Cincy to five, Ohio State to four. Yeah, and then Cincy at six, OU at seven, Michigan State at eight, Oklahoma State or no, probably Notre Dame, Notre Dame nine, Oklahoma State ten. Oh, that's it. That is it. That is it right there. End of story. What if you could bet on that? How crazy would that be? We would win with that right there. Playoff rankings. All right. What other big things do you have? Any big takeaways? Any matchups next week you're looking at? No, I think we hit everything we needed on last week. I do have to talk about the Ole Miss Liberty game. I couldn't shut up about. I was disappointed. Me too. Go watch. Malik Willis's highlights from last year. It will blow your mind. The dude got sacked seven times in the first half. He never had a chance. Just different caliber athletes out there coming. I mean, from he just had school. one big run play, right? And that was pretty much the bulk of his offense that he had. Yeah, the score was twenty-seven to fourteen, but it was worse than that. Um, still excited about his future, though. 
Now let's look ahead. I I started diving deeper into his numbers and need to watch more tape, but I kind of started talking myself out of him after that game. Completely, completely outmatched athletically. I'm not going to freak out about it. Week 11. Let's do it. Some big ones here. Bama has a week off again, playing New Mexico State. Georgia plays Tennessee. The first big one is Purdue at Ohio State. We touched on that. So I want to ask you about OU and Baylor first. OU is a five and a half point favorite. Baylor's coming off a two point loss to TCU, as we mentioned. Where would you lean on this game? I think it's going to be high scoring. I like OU to win by 10 to 14 points. Really? But at the same time, nothing would surprise me here. Nothing would. You could tell me OU loses by 13 and it's a it's like a, a 48 to 35 game and I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not shocked." 5 5 and a half just feels like a lot the way OU's played this year. I think it'd be more like two and a half if Baylor won last week. Okay. All right. Well, let's see how Caleb Williams comes out of the bye week. You'd think it would be impressive just giving him another full week with the ones and everything. The next game I want to ask you about is A&M at Ole Miss. Now, A&M is hot right now. I would take them over Ole Miss on the road here in a heartbeat. What what do you think the line is? I'm looking at it right now. It's two and a half points to A&M. I was hoping I was going to get you. I lean toward Ole Miss. Really? Their offense cannot be stopped. I mean, I I think this last week against Liberty was the lowest amount of points they'd thrown up, and they didn't really need to score that badly. They were able to kind of manage the game and just control control possession, kill clock. And I think in this A&M game, if they need to score, they're going to be able to. I think it's probably going to be a shootout. And give me Ole Miss, man. At the end of the day, I like Matt Corral. I think he's the best college quarterback. Incredibly weak year for quarterbacks, but I think he's the best one. Dang, okay. I, I think A&M is really turning it on right now. I would not be stunned if the committee pulled a stunt and put them over your Cowboys, if we're being honest. They beat, oh, man. They would, beat Auburn 20-3 to But that was a 6-3 to game until Bo Nix either threw a, a pick six or gave up a strip sack touchdown that was cake. Like It Still, was really a close game till the fourth quarter. I would expect Auburn to score more points than three, A&M held Alabama in check, and then they got Ole Miss this week. They got the big dog, Leal, on the defensive line. I think they're legit, dude. I'm I'm scared about that team. Mm, I'm not buying it just yet. A couple more victories, and then I'll start to get concerned that they might be able to win out and keep the pokes out of pulling off some miracle, maybe. The committee saw the talent on paper coming into the year. They started as preseason number six. They're starting to form into that team. And then, yeah, I mean, that, that's AP coaches pulled, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Right. One more thing. You were all over the committee for putting Mississippi State at number 17. They go into Fayetteville, lose to Arkansas. That's a five and four team that got propped up into the rankings. What do you have to say about it? Half the SEC teams aren't any good. Like this is an incredibly even year. Like the the top dogs that are supposed to be so much better than everyone else in these conferences aren't that good. Everyone is gettable, but Georgia, the SEC is not that strong. The middle of the pack is incredibly average. I think the average team in most conferences could hang with them just fine. And the top of the line teams aren't that good except for Georgia. I I don't get it. I don't get where the SEC bias is coming from this year unless you're just looking at past season's results. Like Kentucky. Kentucky, man, what are they doing in the top 25? Everyone knows they're not any good. (laughs) I don't know how they keep hanging in there. It's not going to happen for much longer. No, I mean, they'll be they'll be lucky to freaking finish at seven and five. Let's talk MVP. All right. So after a pretty disastrous NFL week nine, I tweeted out yesterday who the hell was the MVP right now? Because I don't know. I mean, it seemed like Josh Allen had a pretty clear lead going into their game against Jacksonville where he was just shitting and pissing and farting in the bed and they somehow lost (laughs) kyler has the ankle injury he misses last week mahomes is long out of the running at this point 
Rodgers misses the week with COVID. Now, I got something on him. I think maybe that helped his MVP case, if anything, in a weird way. But <laughs> then you're looking around, and it's like a running back, maybe? Well, Derrick Henry's out, so it can't be him. The Colts stink. Jonathan Taylor's the next best running back, though. It can't be him. I don't know where you go. So at this point, I'm just going to tell you my number one. It's Cooper Cup. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I was expecting you to come with Cooper Cup. Yes, the league was drunk yesterday. You got the Last Bills. Last two weeks. You got the Bills laying a sinker. You have to throw Josh Allen out of the race altogether. You can't score six points against the Jags and, and win five the and MVP. Three. They're not that good. Right. Um, I'm going to give you my top three because I, okay. I have a hard cutoff at three. Cooper I've got Cup, a hard cutoff at five. Cooper Cup is a fun gimmick. Yeah, he's having a crazy year. First receiver to 1,000 yards, but here's the top three, okay? You don't even have him in there? What, what if he has 2,000 yards and 20 TDs? Then I'd put him up there. We'll see, though. He's right on pace for it, man. It's going to be close, but all right, give me your top three. Number one, Lamar Jackson. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, Kyler Murray. Okay, well, this isn't going to be super hot takeish. Then we got pretty similar stuff. I've got Cup at one. I have Rogers at two. And part of this is because they looked like dog water last week without him, and he's willed them to victory in games that they shouldn't have won. And they were just piss poor pathetic without him there, even when they had all their best pass catchers back. They couldn't move the ball to save their life. It was very obvious how bad they missed him. He's seven and one when he's been out there. He's only putting up 240 yards a game, but he's got 18 total TDs and only three interceptions, 67% completion. I think he's got to be in there. I know he might get suspended, and the media narrative would never let it happen. Give me completion percentage in an MVP race conversation. (laughs) Come on now. He's been efficient, and he's been winning, and he has not been playing with the top dogs. His O-line's been banged up. He's had Devontae Adams out. He's had Marquez Valdez-Scantling in and out. He's had Lazard in and out. It has not been an easy cakewalk with what they've got and I think outside of week one they've been the best team in football and it's been pretty clear when Rodgers is out there so I've got him at two for that reason number three I got Brady he's putting up over 330 yards a game 26 total TDs only five interceptions a six and two record I think if they can win their conference or have the best record in their conference, I should say, and get the one seed and have the bye, I think it's got to go to Brady regardless of stats. It can be the narrative thing. I think think the stats really add to it. He's second in passing yards right now, 25 to 5 TD end ratio. And he's got the one rushing touchdown I added into his total there. But I think... With the landscape of everything else, yes, I know the stats are going to be decent, but even if they take a little bit of a downhill turn and it drops down to average in like, you know, he only puts up 260 per game over the second half of the season and only throws 15 or 17 touchdowns, I still think if they've got the best record, he's going to get it just because, oh, 52-year-old Brady led him to the best record in the NFC, yada, yada, yada. Like, I think that narrative alone is going to get it to him, especially since there's no other super strong candidates. So I, I think he's up there, 100%. One thing to watch on Brady is the age Will he fall off in the second half of the season just because he is 44? I'm over that. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think if the age thing were going to hit him, it would have been like five years ago. Okay. He got the bye this week. Yeah, we'll see what they look like second half, but I expect them to be pretty freaking good. I mean, as I'm sure you remember, second half of last season, they were on a tear. They were just freaking phenomenal. Yeah, I, I would attribute most of that to... Getting, getting on the same more, page with his receiver, right, learning the right. system. New yeah. offense, new scenery, all of the above. I don't see them falling off, though. Number four, Kyler Murray. Missing this last week definitely hurts his MVP case, combined with the fact that they were still able to move the ball and get the win without him. They were pretty fortunate to really benefit no from some really untimely 49ers turnovers. You had the Kittle fumble earlier, and then Ayuk with the, the terrible muff. I think if you take those two things away, it's a very different ball game, and Arizona would be lucky to be in that. But they got the win, 
And so it does hurt Kyler's MVP chances a little bit, but you look at his numbers over 300 total yards a game, 20 TDs, seven interceptions. I know you don't want to hear this 73% completion percentage. That's pretty freaking impressive considering he's not just pulling a Sam Bradford and checking it down every single play. He's actually 73, taking That's a nice number, but it's seven and one record. They're potentially the best team in football. He's their leader. He's putting up impressive numbers interceptions need to tick down just a little bit, but he's going to stay in the conversation if he's able to get back on the field and play and be 70% healthy this week. Still a TBD on that one. Kingsbury said that they're going to kind of play it safe. They'll see what happens. No word yet. Number five, I've got Lamar. He's putting up around 340 total yards a game. He's putting the team on his freaking back. He's carrying. That's why he's my one. I don't think... You look at the numbers, he's turning the ball over almost just as often as he's getting in the end zone. That's my big concern and why I have him at five. Yes, the volume and what he's being asked to do is probably more than any other player. So that that is why I've got him on there, you know, that and the fact that they're winning. But he's got to clean it up if he wants another MVP. He's got to cut down on the fumbles and cut down on the interceptions. Both of those are doable. But to be putting up the numbers he is, when you lose Dobbins, you lose Gus Edwards. Your O-line's beat up. Your O-line's beat up. He's ninth in passing yards and sixth in the league in rushing yards behind Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Chubb, Mixon, and Zeke, while also leading the league in yards per attempt on the ground. This guy, you are never out of the game with him. I don't know where the narrative ever even came from to begin with that he couldn't come back in games, but this is the, the one playoffs. He's the one guy I would want to have right now. If I'm down, he can make a play out of nothing at any point in time. You're not wrong. He's been magical this year and that's why I got to move him in there. Even if you know, the touchdown and turnovers don't necessarily warrant it, but Matt Stafford, dude, rough game for him, rough game for the Rams, man. The two pick six has just about killed his MVP push. And I think if he just had maybe even one of those pick sixes in that game was close, I would still for sure have him in my top five. I know it's recency bias, but I just can't put him back in there after last night. I watched Yellowstone over that game. And I'm glad I did because... (laughs) That premiere was fantastic. Two hours long. I haven't seen... I heard B- or Bill Simmons talking about it. I've only seen the first episode and then the first two hours of season four. So... What? How do you... That's that's messed up, man. How I, are you going to watch a premiere at season four and you've only seen the first episode of season one? My, my whole... F- my family was over watching it. So I felt like I wasn't going to be the loner back in the room or whatever. That's fair. That's so, fair. You don't want to be the 13-year-old upstairs playing video games exactly. while everyone's eating Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. So I stayed in there and watched it, and it was electric. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, but Stafford, he can't be in there after that game. That He's just he's getting we'll docked for yeah, we'll give it's, him some time. It's recency bias this week. Same with Dak. Dak had been good in every single game, and then they just laid out a well, huge Yeah, and then he, he misses a game and then comes back and lays yeah. the egg. I think if he would have performed yesterday or just lays an egg and didn't miss the game prior, he would still be in there. But combine the two, and I think he's just about out of it at this point. Right. What do you make of that game? Because the Packers week one have a stinker. The Bills now have two. Steelers and then the Jags this past week. I think we've hit the point in the the season. Also really bad. We've hit the point where teams know who's good and who isn't. And I think some of these better teams have just kind of been sleepwalking going into games against lesser teams and gotten spanked because of it. You know, NFL, any given Sunday, man. We're just at a point in the year where some teams might not get as amped up for every game. You know, week one, like with the Packers, there's some stuff. Rodgers getting their late scheme things, being on the same page, chemistry, like that can affect you first couple games. And then you get into the middle of the season where you kind of get that lull and some dudes just don't get up for these games like they're going to at the end of the season making a playoff push or to start the year. And I think Dallas came out sleepwalking. 
They had big heads after the backup QB victory over Minnesota in prime time and thought their shit didn't stink and they got embarrassed. Yeah, plus being at home, probably just overlooked it. And Vic Fangio, clap it up for him. Great job by him. (laughs) They kicked the Cowboys' ass. No way around it. Um, Okay. I got a question for you. Yeah. Kind of two-part question here. Number one, what do we make of the Patriots? Because all of a sudden, I think we might blink, and in a month, they're the best team in the AFC, and everyone's going, holy shit, the Patriots are back. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. That's part one. Part two, was your tweet about Mac Jones serious? (laughs) Oh, it was semi-serious. The first time I watched the video, if you haven't seen it, Mac Jones grabbed Brian Burns, defensive end of the Panthers, leg, and it looked like he twisted his ankle. And Burns is going to miss some time because of that injury. Um, It looked bad. I watched it a a few more times, and I was like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so intentional. Maybe he was just trying to wrestle him to the ground. I defended Grayson Allen. I've defended Draymond Green. I oh think when you're playing my. a physical sport and you're caught up in the moment, one of your body parts hanging out. You or defended an arm Draymond here. Green? Yeah, I think some of the quote unquote kicks in the balls. I think the dude just flails his arms when he okay. thinks he gets hit. No. And it, some storms just hit stuff. Like, I don't think he's sitting there going, I'm going to kick this guy in the balls right now and like reacts that fast. The game moves so fast. I think sometimes you're just moving an instinct Stop. and you hit a guy a certain way. Shit happens. Now, the Mac thing, he kind of turned a little bit at the end and that made me think like, oh, that that didn't look great. It was Bad a little bit boy. more going on than a, a Grayson Allen leg sticking out or something because he held it, held it, and then twisted. But well, not only that, like tripping someone, you're probably not going to hurt them badly. But... If you roll or twist someone like that, the Gator roll, as they call it, Tristan Hill, defensive tackle over the Cowboys, did this to Chris Carson. It was dirty. Last year, he got fined for it. And so many people were calling him out online. The reaction has not been the same for Mac Jones. And I think a little bit of attention, a little light needs to be brought to it. I actually hadn't even seen it until today. Okay. I was... It didn't look super malicious, not like the Hill one on Chris Carson, but still bad. It didn't look good. I'll tell you that. It did not look good. Yeah, especially with the track record the Patriots have. And the fact that Burns is the Panthers' best defensive player. Come on now. Would it make curious. it better if it was some second string? No, I don't think it would make tackle, it better at all. I don't think it would make it better at all. Okay, back to the Patriots, though. Mac Jones, ankle twisting aside. Do you think this team is for real? Because I personally think they could win the AFC East. Yeah, we talked about it last week, I believe, how they are just a few plays away from having one loss. Yeah. And now they are, I mean, tied with Buffalo in the win column, top of the division. Only one loss behind them. No more matchups against the Jets, though. That's a joke, but they do. I mean, it's a serious thing because their schedule is a little bit tougher and they've got the Bills twice, but I think they can split with the Bills. Agreed. They finish with the Dolphins and Jags. That puts them at three and one. They play the Colts and the Titans. Okay. That's Falcons and Browns. I think they can get to 11 wins. It's going to be tough, but I the mean. The thing with them is I think they can play with anybody. I don't oh, think they're sure. going to just rolled over really any of these teams except for maybe the Jags and Dolphins hot take Falcons but are they going to be the team that other AFC teams are trying to decide if they want to win or lose their week 18 matchup to figure out if they want to you know potentially get matched up or miss the Patriots yeah I think some teams might want to avoid them especially if they finish as strong as I'm anticipating they could okay the team I wouldn't the team I would try to avoid would be the Titans for sure, especially if Henry's back. Yeah. That team is just so physical that I want nothing to do with them. How long until people finally start to give Rabel credit for being as good of a coach as he is? I mean, they're seven and two, and their point differential on the year is only plus forty four. Well, and they also lost to the Jets. <laughs> like, Yeah, they had a bunch of people on COVID, but still, like, it just 
a very weird dynamic, and the fact that they're seven and two and won all these close games is nuts. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see them. And then the next team, yeah, probably the Patriots. Like, I would rather not play the Patriots. What I'm trying to say is, I would rather play the Chiefs than the Patriots right now. I think I'd rather play. To say, I'd rather play. I'd rather play the Bills. I'd rather play the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, the Titans, the Colts, the Chargers, the, the Raiders, the Chiefs. I don't want to see Bill Titans Belichick in a credit, playoff man. game. I don't want to see Bill Belichick in a playoff game. Okay, but the Titans beat the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Rams three weeks in a row right now. They Give them did, credit. And I'm still not that impressed. Wow. I don't know what it is. I, they're legit. I thought they would be legit. I have a wager on them to win the division, but I'd still, I still, I just, if you were to tell me, hey, the Titans could lose five of their next eight and have to really be fighting for a playoff spot, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be. Would you be shocked if I told you the Falcons are in the playoffs if the season ended today? No, but <laughs> if you would have told me that a few weeks ago, I would be shocked. It's been a weird year, dude. It is just wide open for any team to make the playoffs or make a run right now. I mean, it really could be anyone. It could be Arizona's year. I know they got the best regular season record and people are finally starting to buy in, but like it really could be their year. Yeah, like I still think this NFC top five is solidified. It's not going to change. Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, Rams, Tampa Bay. Yes, I agree with that. Those the six and seven spot. Russell Wilson's getting back at the right time. Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Maybe overrated Kyle Shanahan turns it around for San Francisco. I don't know. I yeah, I, don't I know still about think they got I still the Rams think the Vikings could get in. After um, I've been their telling you forever, the season. Vikings suck. The Vikings they suck. They're not going to make the playoffs. They don't suck though, which is the thing. They. They have a positive point differential. They are. They're the good, bad team. That's what they are. They're a bad team, but they're a really good one that could beat anyone. But they suck. Like, just the way that they lose these games makes them suck even more than if they would just get blown out in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like, for those people that are actual, like, diehard Vikings fans, I can't imagine because they get your hopes up every week just to crush you. All right. Net point differential. Just throwing some numbers at you. Cardinals, 122. The Packers are the two seed. Plus 19. I know. I know. The Falcons, minus 45. And the Vikings, plus three. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The NFL. Listen to this one. Denver Broncos, plus 34. Tennessee Titans, only plus 44. Broncos are almost right there with the Titans in point differential. And then the Bills won 17 at the four seed. But part of that is them just blowing out the really bad teams. Like they spanked the Dolphins. They spanked the Texans. They literally got a 75-point margin from the Dolphins and Texans game Yeah, early in the year. Like that's a nice little cushion to work off there. Then the Chargers minus two sitting at the AFC three seed. This league is drunk right now. This league has turned into this league, the NBA, between all this Raiders nonsense today. Damon Arnett is showing a gun on IG Live saying he's going to kill somebody. I don't even want to talk about somebody. the Raiders, man. The Raiders are just a sad, sad dumpster fire, and I feel bad for all the fans. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Raiders, it's really Raiders, like it pathetic. It's legitimately sad, yeah. Uh, you go look at their drafts over the last couple years and where those guys are now. I mean... They never made dark, sense at the time. They never made sense now. No, it's terrible. I mean, they're either in jail on the couch or on the bench for other teams. It's it's insane. Yep. I don't I don't know if Gruden had the ultimate say on those decisions over Mayock. I think he did. I I heard it was fifty one forty nine. So hopefully, I'm sure Davis had a little bit of a say too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and hopefully with Mayock calling the shots now they can turn it around because i wouldn't i would not bet on it yeah we'll see we'll see anything else on the drunken nfl no dude weird week somehow 
my parlay to keep me alive and bankroll builders hit. Thank the Arizona Cardinals. No Kyler, no problem. Just going to throw it out there now. We will not be back on Wednesday. Peter's got a big exam coming up. Got to do his thing. Got to get locked and loaded for that on Thursday. So we're going to tweet out our bankroll builders picks later this week. We will have them for you before the weekend, though. Just want to put that on the record now. Yes. But before we go, let's talk some hoops. All right, Jackson. It's Christmas Eve, as our boy Jerb tweeted. The number three Kansas Jayhawks are a four and a half point favorite over unranked Michigan State. First thought, yes. Is that line small? Do you do you smell that? What's that? I don't know. Something about that line just it smells like an upset. <laughs> I think you get that, a whiff of that. I think that line is totally fine because. It's the beginning of the year. You got Izzo. You got Self. Two great coaches. Number three versus an unranked team on a neutral site. Or is it not neutral? Is it in Sparty? Madison Square Garden. Both games. Yeah, dude. That's fishy. That is fishy as can be. You going to touch it? Probably not, considering the fact that it's at 4 o'clock. I will most likely still be at work. Or 4 o'clock my time. I'll be at work. And... I'm punting on this college basketball season. I told you, man, I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep an eye on the prospects, but I'm not plugged in enough to potentially lose money on this. All right. All right. Well, I would take KU here. We are. I know that. We are extremely deep. We do not have a top prospect this season. I'm just throwing that out there. But between the polarizing Remy Martin Dewan Harris, who has been Bill Self's love child this preseason. Joseph Yesifu from Drake. You got Brown and Ochai Ogbaji back. Ogbaji's still there? What is he, like 26 now? Came in at 17? He is our senior. He's probably our best player, if we're being honest. Him and and Remy Martin and Dave. He's got to be your best. Well, yeah, we'll see what Martin ends up being with Kansas, but... I would think Agbaji's got to be your best. He's a basketball player, not a hooper, but he's going to be val- right. He's going to be valuable to us this season. Yes, he does the little things. I mean, every single tool he can defend, he can pass it, he can shoot it, he can handle it a little bit. He's a Swiss Army knife. Right. Um, Michigan State still has Joey Hauser. Max Christie is a true freshman, six six wing, highly touted. He's one to watch for them, but on the Kansas side, just watch the relationship between Remy Martin and Bill Self in game one here. He's coaching him really hard. Remy is the Big 12 preseason player of the year. I think he's going to piss Kansas fans off all season long, and we'll see how he fares tomorrow night. The second game... I want to see if you have anything on this because it's number 10 Kentucky versus number nine Duke. And we have two, I think, lottery picks in this game. Lottery pick locks. I'm excited that it looks like the Blue Bloods actually got a little bit of talent back because it's just straight up more interesting when the big dogs are good and they got those guys that you got. You might hate Duke University. You might freaking hate Coach Cal in Kentucky, but... God, you got to turn their games on and go watch this stud that's going to be a lottery pick. You know what I mean? I'm glad that that seems to be back. I think that Kentucky's going to be the better team, and I like the talent that they've got more. But we'll see. This whole Coach K farewell tour might have some magical vibes to it if it's not too much of a distraction. I don't know. Yeah, I like that point. I think Kentucky, top to bottom, is the more talented roster. But Duke's front line of Paolo Banquero, who's projected top three pick on my board, and then your guy, Mark Williams, the big man who really came on strong. You were pushing for him to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I was. I was. Those guys against this Kentucky front line is the matchup to watch. I think the guard play is there for Kentucky. Ooh, Kentucky got C.J. Frederick from Ohio. I didn't know. Or from Iowa, I mean. I didn't know that. Yep, Xavier Wheeler from Georgia. He's a nice point guard. The guy I'm watching, though, is Ty Ty Washington. He is the next Kentucky guard to know. 
the next right. Tyrese Maxey, the next Quickly, the next SGA, De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to be the first point guard taken in the draft. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm just looking at Kentucky's roster right now, and there's not a ton of freshmen on there, man. I mean, you got Ty Ty Washington, you got Damian Bryce Collins, and Damian Collins, and after that, it's it Keon... looks like a bunch of transfers. Yeah. Interesting. The game is changing. Yeah, it's a different roster for Cal, and he was, man, he was really talking up Bancaro. I feel like that's kind of a common theme is you're going to have a couple of the freshmen, but now it's really more about the transfer game and who you can pull in from other schools versus can you get all the five stars? I think that's not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. But can Jacob Toppin, Obi's little brother, really do it for Kentucky here? I think they might get beat up. And then you got Sheboy for sure, Lance Ware. But I, I don't know. I think... Kentucky wins the guard matchup. Duke wins the bigs. Man, Benchero's 6'10". I didn't realize he was that big. He's going to... He might dominate. He's thick, too. Him and Shibaway down low. But then you you got Williams, too. Uh, that's going to be tough. Whoa, Duke got Theo John also from Marquette. That guy is freaking made of steel. Oh, Duke might beat them up down low. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a game. Hell of a game. I don't like their guard play, though. They got Trevor Keels. He's a five-star. Good length. But they don't have a true tone-setting guard. True creator. I don't know who it's going to be. Jeremy Roach? Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, Wendell Moore can shoot it, but he's really more kind of a combo forward type guy. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't see a ton of guards I love here. Seems like Kentucky definitely has the leg up in guard play and Duke has the better bigs, like you were saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally seeing that just from looking here at the roster on paper. The line is Duke, Duke minus one. one. Yeah. I think that's where I would lean. I would rely on Duke to just pound the rock inside, get the easy buckets with Banchero, let a guy like Theo John just use his physicality. I mean, he's got to be like 24, 25 at this point. He should be able to beat up on some of those younger Kentucky bigs. Yeah. I'm excited to see AJ Griffin as well. He's a five-star son of Adrian Griffin on the Raptors staff. He's, he's had a lot of injuries, but always been highly touted. Let's see what kind of role he plays. Let's talk about two more games this okay. weekend. Friday night, number four, Villanova, at number two, UCLA. Give me UCLA big here. I like UCLA this year. Johnny Juzang, man, he should have a phenomenal season. I mean, they're bringing most everybody back. Jaime Tiger Hawkes, Campbell, Peyton Watson is a five-star wing. He steps okay. in there. They got the whole squad back. Yeah, and Nova, yes, always well-coached. Got Jay right there. But Gillespie, National Player of the Year hype? No, no way. Coming off an injury, too. Yeah, absolutely not. That, that, he, he's the a good player. Villanova's been lacking in talent the last couple of seasons. Right. He's, he's not a go-to scorer. Like they need. I don't see it happening for them. Saturday, number five, Texas. Can't believe I'm saying that. At number one, Gonzaga. That'll be a big one. That'll be very telling as to what kind of squad Chris Beard is going to have and what type of intensity and energy they're going to play with. Because if it's going to be the carryover, the same type of vibe that we saw at Tech, combined with the talent that he's been able to bring in already to Texas, they're going to be scary, but I'm not so sure that it won't take a year or two to get his squad where he wants it to be. I don't know how fast he's going to be able to come in and just turn things around. Granted, Shock always brought the talent in. It was just a matter of putting it all together, but we'll see. I think the beard hire is maybe the most intriguing in the country. Yeah, 100%. He's got a whole bunch of transfers here. They got an older squad, but they don't have that top-end kind of talent. A little similar to KU's roster, if we're being honest. They got Timmy Allen from Utah. He's a 17-a-game guy, two years in a row. Dylan Disu from Vandy. Christian Bishop, who a lot of us know from Creighton. Bishop's going to be a baller. They're kind of deep. And then Gonzaga, I mean, Twin Towers, Drew Timmy, and Chet Holmgren. That is going to be a sight to behold. I hope Timmy's got the mustache going. 
next to the beanpole Holmgren. <laughs> Andrew Jones for Texas should have a monster year. He seems like the one veteran, the ball handler they'll be able to trust. And then Ramey also. Those two got to be the starting guards, right? Yeah, I'd think so. Interesting, man. I don't know. I kind of like... I like that Texas squad. Benson came over from uh, Texas Tech, didn't he? Avery Benson? Mm-hmm. Yup. Yeah, Dude, I mean, half their solid. team is transfers. It's insane. It's a different game, man. It's a different freaking game. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster, and half these dudes' pictures from last year are in a different jersey. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, no. Marcus Carr. Kentucky, Creighton, Texas Tech. What is that? A&M, I mean, they're all over the place. Marcus Carr will be the starting point guard. He is the Big 12 newcomer of the year, transferring from Minnesota. And then Remy Martin is the Big 12 preseason player of the year. I'm not sure how you can be a transfer preseason player of the year, but not also newcomer of the year. I'm I'm leaving the Big 12. Can't win them all, man. Can't win them all. Texas is going to be deep. I mean, (sighs) having Remy or Jones off the bench is nice yeah i mean ask you might not even hardly play but he was a what well, he was a five-star coming into kentucky last year right four or five yeah <laughs> all right you're, you're starting to get me to buy in a little bit i i haven't really done a whole lot of college basketball prep and research because i'm just i'm not excited and after the whole oklahoma state deal and everything it's just it's killed my vibe and this week is normally when i'd be consuming it all podcasts youtube everything and I'm just not. I'm just staying with the NFL and NBA for now, and I don't know. Maybe I'll get over the OSU thing here in the next couple weeks, but as of right now, I'm still not over it. One last mention of Purdue, because their basketball team is going to be pretty nice this year. They're like number seven, aren't they, preseason? Yeah, and Zach Eady, they got that big seven-foot white dude. Apparently, he's out playing Travion Williams, who is one of the – preseason Naismith guys they are very very good on the front lines and then Jaden Ivy he's the he's the best guard returning to college basketball I'm kind of excited to see how that team starts the season I'm ready for college hoops man I don't know how good Kansas is at the top we got the depth we're gonna be tough. We're gonna be tough to I'm beat. I'm not sure how good any team at the top is, other than Gonzaga. They're the only team that I look at where I think, yep, they're gonna be a number one seed in the tournament for sure. <laughs> well, that's because they don't play anybody, <laughs> well, and they're loaded with talent and have arguably the number one pick, along with the All American center coming back. Yep, 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 yep. All right, I got nothing else other than I'm excited for tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to uh, figure out some DVR TiVo action or maybe I just uh, get in real early tomorrow and make it home by about 4.30, 5 o'clock and make sure I catch the second half at the very least. There you go. Ty Ty Washington, remember the name. All right. Anything else you want to leave us with, Peter? No, sir. You guys know the drill. Give us that five-star rating. Please leave a review. Tell a friend. We always appreciate it, and we will be back next week. Peace.